Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey. Dom, it's always good to see you on Wednesday mornings and be in the studio with you. How are you doing and what plans have you got going on for the approaching holidays? Hey, Nicole, I'm doing great. I feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, are there holidays coming up? Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, I better get a list going. Uh, but I'm glad to be here. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. We've got a great lineup today. Let's uh, go ahead and get the show started and introduce the Atlanta business leaders that we have in the sh- studio today. From Fundamental Focus, we have their president, Dr. Labrita Cash Basket. Also on the show today is Stan Steif, who is the Senior VP of Operations at Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans. Thank you all for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great, great. Dr. Cash Basket, why don't you kick off the show and tell us a little bit about Fundamental Focus and what you do there. Absolutely. Well, our company is a boutique training and development firm here in Atlanta, specializing in business communication services. We actually evolved out of allied healthcare and pediatric speech language pathology. So we lend our clinical expertise into the training and development environment to help improve individuals, teams, and organizations. Great, great. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about how you got the idea to start your business? The idea to start the business actually came through opportunities through service. Mm -hmm. Um, My very first local municipality that I worked with was actually in Cherokee County and I worked with a department there to improve their call center and their interpersonal effectiveness working with clients. So improving customer service was an opportunity to work with um, that particular demographic because everyone up there pretty much top lot this (laughs) and uh, there need to be some (laughs) change in our regional accents and our telephone presence. Um, Because one of the things I realized in Cherokee County is something that I adopted as a pretty bad habit, and I realized it was saying and all. Mm -hmm. So I'd say I'm going to the store and all. And I'm going to Walmart and all, and mm-hmm. I'm doing this and all and that and all. It's hard to shake that. It's called the Chicago <laughs> Shakedown. Um, so I worked with a mid-manager that wanted to improve her team. And so through training and development over a year-long exercise, we were able to bring some focus and some concentration to the employees to improve their self-awareness. That is very good. You know, I always say that communication is key, and it's the lifeblood of any organization or any relationship, as well as customer service. Can you talk a little bit about what inspires you to really hone in on uh, helping others with their professional communication? About six to eight million people in the United States have some form of language impairment. Wow. So I am inspired by the opportunity to bring access to communication, to help people connect Communication really is the lifeblood of our being, and it's the way that we connect with our world. Communication is one of the oldest forms of arts. We have our visual communications. Mm -hmm. We have our auditory communications. We have our verbal and our Mm nonverbal. And so connecting with people, bringing communities together, having opportunities for people to fully experience their world inspires me. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I just started reading this really great book entitled Lean In, which talks about the different expectations of men and women in the workplace. Can you talk to me about your perspective on uh, women in leadership uh, in terms of the challenges and opportunities for women? Well, when we think about leadership, one of the things to really consider when it comes to gender is that we're really not that different Mm -hmm. between men and women. Um, Men are generally based on their potential, and sometimes women are seen in the literature, um, specifically Carl Benalb's book, um, Her Place at the Table. What they say is that women are usually based on their performance. Mm -hmm. And so when we consider workplace culture, when we see environmental factors, when we consider all of the opportunities for women to advance, having a supportive environment and having a culture that embraces change and opportunity is most important. It's not the willingness of women to compete and to succeed. Sometimes it's the environment and the infrastructure in place to make that a reality. I agree. Totally concur with you on that. Now, when it comes to uh, civic responsibility as well as engagement, can you talk a little bit more and expound on the importance of civic engagement and the initiatives that you support and are involved in? Sure. I believe that community involvement is essential for any responsible organization and for any responsible individual. Stakeholder engagement really depends on everybody taking part and everybody having a stake. So communication for us here at Fundamental Focus is vital to healthy communities. It's the way that people connect and it's the way that we support each other. Specifically, our company has been involved in initiatives that support workplace and workforce development and economic development in our communities. Very heavily involved with our local Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. and the Cobb Chamber. We're very heavily involved in opportunities to advance women and children's issues around literacy. Mm -hmm. We work with Sheltering Arms in their book adoption program called Operation Storybook each year. We raise funds, we raise awareness, and we also do pro bono trainings. Right. It's so important to give back, and that's um, part of our culture, too, at CDI Managed Services, giving back to the communities, to the local hospitals, uh, to the schools. Uh, We're getting ready to start a a fundraiser for uh, Fulton. Uh, Science Academy, so giving back is definitely important, and we commend you for for doing that. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, the significance of of why communication, training, and development is important throughout the lifespan, not just for a time. Uh, And as I stated earlier, I gave some prevalence on how many people are impacted. Um, From the time that we are born, we are connecting with people. And throughout the lifespan, those communication needs change. Communication is a form of our functional independence, and how able you are to access the world around you depends on how effectively you communicate. So whether that's through reading, writing, whether it's verbal, whether it's nonverbal, how well you are able to have a message Mm -hmm. and ensure that the intent is received by the sender the way that you want determines effectiveness. When we look at leadership, Leadership is influence, and attention is the currency of leadership. So one of the challenges we have as a society is multitasking through multimedia and having multiple forms of communication. And so when we consider that attention is the currency of leadership, 
how we spend our attentional priorities, how we spend our attention and time determines our effectiveness and our ability to influence others to interact and engage effectively with us can determine the course and direction of our destiny. I certainly agree with that. <clears throat> and you certainly want to um, make sure that you're doing your part so that you can lead by example. You know, my mother always says that that communication begins from the womb. And it's so true. It starts even before we're born. I agree. I'm, I'm actually expecting. Oh, okay. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> And one of the things that I've, that I've realized... Wow. <laughs> wow. What an announcement. I knew she had the glow. <laughs> the glow comes right out. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I've realized in my own behavior is that I have to really attend to what I'm attending to. Um, the types of literature that I read, the things that I look at, how I engage myself mm -hmm. has really shifted with a perspective on being a parent mm -hmm. and not necessarily always a provider or just a consumer. Right. So from a parenting perspective, a future parenting perspective, mm -hmm. I've noticed that my attentional priorities have already shifted. And, and that really brings into focus that development of communication throughout the lifespan. Right. Because as your needs and priorities shift, your focus also changes. Exactly. Well, congrats to you, Dr. Cash Basket. You've been listening to Dr. Labrita Cash Basket with Fundamental Focus. Dr. Cash Basket, let's talk about the, some of the trends in your industry. Yes, yeah. Dominic. Let's uh, delve into some of the stuff like communication trends that impact effectiveness. Right now, the biggest trend is having some alignment and some continuity between the self that you present to others in public face-to-face -face and your online persona. So virtual communications are really a trend um, in the industry. Um, for example, in this particular environment that we're in, um, we have listeners. They are experiencing us auditorily. Mm -hmm. So what happens when we add in a camera? They get the visuals. Get the visuals. You get more information. Um, so what I'm seeing is that Communicators have to be even more self-aware of all of the behaviors that encompass effective communication environments. We have to think about our context of communication in addition to our content of communication and the impression that we want to leave. Not to mention ensuring that our intent is received by the listener mm -hmm. in the way that we want to convey it. Absolutely. Gotcha. So are there, are there barriers to, to the effectiveness uh, in, a, in a variety of different situations like networking and interviewing and, you know, leadership management, things like that? I would say the biggest, self, um, the biggest barrier would be self-awareness. Being truly aware of your own behaviors that compromise the effectiveness of an engagement is the largest barrier. Sometimes when we're not self-aware, we're not able to recognize those situations, and we're not able to effectively manage the moment. Mm -hmm. And so becoming more self-aware by receiving feedback from others, by observing and listening and reflecting on situations that might have not been the most comfortable gives you an opportunity to change. Specifically in a networking situation where there are business cards exchanged and you stand up and you give your one-minute introduction. If that doesn't go the way that you intend, that's an opportunity to self-reflect. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity to think about what just happened here. <laughs> 
what just happened here? Uh -huh. And is this the best method of communication to get the results that I want? In business communication specifically, we need to think about a business objective. So self-awareness tends to be one of the largest barriers to communicating effectively because we're not able to recognize as well as react to the individual situations that help us to manage the moment effectively. Well, you've got a lot of insight. Uh, can you share some of the uh, characteristics and tips and just, uh, you know, different uh, effective communications ways that uh, business, successful business people relate? Sure. Effective business people are clear. They're clear. They don't use a lot of economy of words. They don't spend time and energy on efforts that don't help further their goal or their cause or their purpose. They are very clear. They are very focused. They have a clear line of sight between the objective and the initiatives that help them get there. Effective communicators are also listening. They're listening for opportunities to increase their understanding and to improve the understanding of others. So effective communicators are clear, focused, and they're listening for opportunities. Less is more? Less is more. Great. Unless yeah. more is more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so because they're listening, they understand when more is required, and right. they are responding appropriately to Correct. the communication context. Correct. We're listening to Labrida, Dr. Labrida. Cash Basket with uh, Fundamental Focus. Uh, Dr. Cash Basket, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the benefits of training and development. Can you discuss some of the benefits of actually getting the training that, that people need? If, you, if I walked into a room and I would say, how important is training and communication to you and to your job performance? Nearly everyone would probably raise their hand either visually up high or silently down below. Everyone agrees that communication is important, but one of the things that's striking in business communications literature is the amount of time and energy and resources that are invested in training. But for those organizations that do invest in their people, there are results that cannot be denied in customer service, in personal levels of satisfaction and engagement, and the building of trust. Communication training is more than just a workshop. It's an opportunity to truly develop people, to understand the goals of the organization, to understand the personal initiatives that help us get there, and for everyone to have a stake in how that happens. So communication training and development is essential for improving personal communication success, team building, and organizational engagement specifically. Do you find that people shy away from change? Is that what's, I mean, you know, our, our natural human tendency is uh, to, you know, not want to step up and, and, and make, you know, think about, you know, making improvements in your life and in your, in your personal, in your personality. That, that's interesting you brought that up because there is a difference between change and transitions. And so there are two schools of thought. Um, change is large scale, it's quick, you're not prepared for it, and it's going to happen anyway. Whereas bridges uh, in the literature says that transitions are, are small shifts. They're psychological in nature. You might not even know that they're occurring, but they're happening every day. And so when I see a resistance to moving into a direction that we need to go to make ourselves better, 
or to accept our current reality, that's usually a transitional problem. That's a psychological shift. But when I see that there's a problem with change, that's usually emotionally based because it's happening anyway. So we just have to prepare for the change and move in the direction and adopt the behaviors and the mindset that's going to get us there. Mm -hmm. So change, large scale, transitions, they're psychological, but they both have an undercurrent of emotionality that cannot be denied and must be confronted. Mm -hmm. Dr. Labrita Cash Basket, um, you're, 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 you know, with your background, can you, can you share some of your more rewarding experiences? And it can just, something just popped to your mind in terms of, you know, your things that you've run into and people you've dealt with? One of my most recent experiences um, was an opportunity where I was honored with 10 other businesswomen in Atlanta, humbled as well as honored through Points North Savvy and Successful's um, inspiring women. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that resonated with me, because I really got a chance to see the work that people are doing in our communities when we're bridging and lending our professional talents to help others and extending our networks to elevate a cause. That for me is extremely inspiring and it resonates with me because it's something that we can all aspire to do more of. Mm -hmm. Great, great. There you go, Nicole. Hey, uh, we're lost. We're talking with uh, Dr. Labrita Cash Basket with Fundamental Focus. Uh, Dr. Cash Basket, can you tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and your organization to learn more about what you're doing? Sure. You can reach us online at our website at www.fundamentalfocus.net. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank you. Cash Basket. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Next on our broadcast is Dan Steiff with Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans. Dan, can you give us some background about Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans and what you do there? Absolutely. Thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today, and I'm excited to represent Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans. Uh, Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans is a new health plan designed by care providers to do three things. One is to improve health, most importantly. Two is to make health care better. And three is to improve the affordability of health coverage in our community. By collaborating with physicians, again, compared to the traditional insurance companies who uh, negotiate against physicians. So by collaborating with physicians in our community, uh, we're able to actually support the care that they provide the patients and the people in our community mm -hmm. and remove obstacles to care that exist for those patients in the community. Right, and that's such a huge topic right now, health care, making it better for everyone. So tell me, why would two of Atlanta's largest hospital and healthcare systems decide to start an insurance plan? Yeah, the, so these two hospital systems, premier hospital systems, mm -hmm. two of the best nonprofit integrated healthcare systems, complete healthcare systems in not only Atlanta, mm -hmm. but the southeastern United States, look at the healthcare marketplace and they look at the care they're providing to mm -hmm. patients in our communities and they're asking themselves the question, what is the best way for us to improve that care the fastest? And they looked at the opportunity to create a health plan, which for them is a way of financing the care that they provide to the community right. and said uh, the freedom that 
beginning a new health plan, starting a new health plan, the Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans will give to the physicians and to the hospital leaders and clinical staff, that means nurses and uh, pharmacists and people on the floor in the hospital, the freedom that those, that having our own financing vehicle will give us to make care better faster is an excellent reason to start a health insurance plan. Right. That makes sense because you have so many people who come through your doors who don't have an now you're providing an option. Absolutely. And if you think about, uh, again, the relationship that a health system, a hospital, a physician has with a traditional insurer in this marketplace, it's all been about how many lives can an insurance company get to get really big and be able to fight effectively against a health care provider. I don't think if you're a person in our community that you think that's a really good idea to make your health care better. In fact, that's what you see. That's mm -hmm. why you see the frustration uh, physicians faces in their offices. Uh, we're here to do something very different. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't think that a physician should spend five minutes with every patient that walks in their door. That's not the way physicians were trained. Mm -hmm. Physicians want to be able to be compensated for taking excellent care of patients. Sometimes right. that might mean five minutes. Sometimes it might mean a half an hour or an hour with the patient mm -hmm. that really has needs that aren't being addressed in a five-minute visit. Unfortunately, when you're negotiating and fighting against uh, providers as an insurance company, uh, you don't give physicians the flexibility to care for the patients the way the patients really need to be cared for. Mm -hmm. And so that's where collaborating with them. We trust the physicians. We know they're trained to take better care of people. And interestingly, what happens when you actually enable physicians, and mostly these are primary care physicians in the community, to take the best care of patients, those patients stay healthier, they don't end up in the hospital or the emergency room as often as they might otherwise, and that actually makes care more affordable in the community, which is a good thing for everyone, from the business community to the individuals in the community. Mm -hmm. Not only does it make them healthy, it makes them happier too, knowing that the doctor is giving them their time and really taking that personal interest in them. That's, well, that's exactly key. right. That's exactly right. I and mean, think about what it's like to be a physician today where you're trying to figure out how to make the business of your practice work when you're getting paid only a little bit of for each patient that you see and you need to try and spend only the right amount of time so that you can make sure you can keep your business afloat. Mm -hmm. uh, our goal is to actually compensate care providers for the value they create for patients, for mm -hmm. keeping the patients healthy, and to keep those resources, those financial resources in our system rather than siphoning off a good portion of the resources that our employers and individuals in our community are investing in their coverage, mm -hmm. uh, sending them other places around the country or to investors. We think keeping those dollars in our community will actually make care better and make the community healthier. Right, and stronger. Now, talk a little bit more about what makes your health uh, care plan different from other options that are available in the marketplace today. I appreciate that question, Nicole. And I think telling a story about uh, some work we're doing with physicians just as an introductory pilot may mm -hmm. actually be the best way to communicate that to mm -hmm. you and to the audience we have online today. Uh, we, for, for example, we're working with some of the physicians in our system now to take a half a day out of their schedule a week. And rather than spend the five minutes or 15 minutes with each patient that the traditional insurer requires, we're actually paying that physician and that office more for each visit so that they can see six patients in one morning of their week. So rather than trying to see 15 or 20, they can see six, and we help them uh, comb through the data they have on those patients and the data that we have on those patients to find the patients who are most in need of the care that that provider can offer. So mm -hmm. these might be patients who 
are likely to be hospitalized, might be likely to need to go to the emergency room because, for instance, maybe they have diabetes and they, uh, they haven't actually received the training and, the, uh, and aren't on the right combination of medicines to make their diabetes care excellent. Mm-hmm. So we're working with these practices. We're actually funding a care provider. We're funding a nurse to be in that physician's office extra beyond what that physician would be able to mm-hmm. afford on his or her own. And we're having these patients come in for an hour visit. So imagine the experience as a patient to get a call from your doctor's office rather than waiting to call them and have them say, hey, we'd like to have you come in and we'd like to spend an hour with you. Uh, The patients are shocked by that. And what that creates, again, is these patients don't end up in the emergency department because their diabetes is out of control. They actually are gaining the skills necessary and gaining the understanding necessary to take great care of themselves and their diabetes, and and that actually helps, again, our community and, uh, and the physician's practices. That, that is um, awesome. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's that's why I ended up uh, in this role, and I uh, I wanted to be a physician. Uh, I grew up thinking I was going to be a physician, and mm-hmm. uh, and discovered that uh, uh, through some uh, graduate programs that I went to at the Dartmouth Medical School, actually that uh, that the organization of care is creating a significant barrier to physicians being able to practice care the way they're trained. Mm-hmm. And so I've spent my entire career now trying to help organize care, like we've been talking about, so that care can be better because when you organize it correctly, it's actually not a complicated equation. People think of healthcare as this complicated thing that they can't really understand. It's not really that complex. If you actually enable physicians who are really good at working with patients to spend the time they need to with the patients, Mm -hmm. you can actually create better health. Exactly. Now, Dan, healthcare reform, that has been the buzzword, the talk of the town for quite some time. How will healthcare reform affect your new health plan? Yeah, so let's be clear. The healthcare system in this country is not operating well. In fact, it is broken. Uh, it is broken in a number of ways. The primary way I think that it's broken is what we've been talking about and how we pay hospitals and doctors. We pay hospitals only when patients go into the hospital. And so the incentive for hospitals to take great care of patients and to keep patients out of the hospital uh, doesn't exist the way we might hope it would uh, mm-hmm. in the society. And this is just one way, but maybe the primary way that our system is broken. Mm-hmm. And so healthcare reform uh, needs to address that concern. Uh, healthcare reform is interestingly uh, also needs to, in my humble view, allow health systems like the Piedmont Health System and the Wellstar Health System. These are health systems that have been taking care of Atlantans for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to allow those systems to be able to care for patients in a more affordable and more efficient way. And so, allowing patients the choice, allowing people in the community the choice to choose a health insurance option like the one that uh, we're creating is an important part of reform because as long as patients and people in the community are only offered the one plan that their employer offers to everybody, you're never going to be able to create a market to make care better. And that's a very important part of reform. And it's actually the part of reform that's going to make the biggest difference for our company. Back to your question. Uh, Our company will be successful because individuals in this community, rather than their employer telling them this is the plan you have to have, individuals in our community are going to increasingly have a choice. They're going to be 
given some financial resources from their employer, and they're going to have a choice. And they're going to look at the coverage options that exist in this community. And mm-hmm. they're likely not going to choose the same coverage option that their CFO or their head of HR today is choosing for them. Mm-hmm. We think people in the community are going to look at the hospitals and the physicians and the nurses that Piedmont and Wellstar have in this community, 2,000 physicians, and that they're going to make a choice to come choose our plan. Right, and the fact that you guys are focused on affordability and efficiency, the program is certainly going to have much success. And I think there's a really important point here, Nicole, because mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it's not like we're directly focusing on affordability by cutting things out of the health system. That's the perception that exists mm-hmm. in the community around a number of traditional insurers. We're actually focused on more. We're actually focused on right. more time, more convenience, uh, better access, and better care. And the net result of that focus on the physicians and the patients and making sure that interaction is happening productively is actually that that care gets more affordable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to cut your way there. You can actually invest in patients' health Mm -hmm. and create more affordability, and that's our focus. More for less. That's right. I love it. You've been listening to Dan Steiff with Piedmont Health Plans. So, Dan, what changes do you expect to see in the Metro Atlanta healthcare and health plan marketplace, let's say, in the next three to four years? So I think that this, uh, this notion of healthcare reform that we've been talking about is driving a significant shift in what healthcare and health insurance looks like in this marketplace. So many of the health coverage options in this marketplace have been built so that the CFO or the chief of HR for mm-hmm. a company can have an option that they're quite confident uh, all of their will work for all of their employees. It's not which is going to be the most affordable option, which is going to be the best care for the patients. It's how do I find an option that all of my employees are going to uh, not complain about, Right. really. Uh, <laughs> that, I don't think, is the market that we would all hope to have uh, to make healthcare better. Uh, so when we get into this market of reform, I think you're going to increasingly see delivery systems competing for patients rather than insurance companies competing for mm. patients. The design of the traditional insurer has to to change. Uh, The value that they create, again, is for one company at a time. Uh, As individuals start to choose, uh, organizations like ours can uh, cut right through all those middlemen that sit between our hospital and our physician and people in the community today and get to those people and offer a solution that likely is better for them and is more affordable. Mm Boy, I love what I'm hearing, Nicole. Me this is, too. Uh, this is uh, kind Choices. of uplifting. Uh, you know, the, and there, you know, the bottom line is cost. I mean, until you get sick. And when you get <laughs> sick, cost is not a factor. But, uh, you know, cost is just skyrocketing. And, I mean, for a lot of people, it's almost equal to what they're paying for their mortgage. It's exactly right. It's out of control. How do you see this, uh, you know, changing? I mean, and think about it. The costs are absolutely out of control in our health care system, and it's why real reform is actually what's needed. until there's an incentive, until organizations, great organizations, community and civic-minded organizations like Piedmont and Wellstar are, uh, get rewarded for investing in patients' health, uh, we're never going to change the system. Uh, We're trying to create a system that actually aligns patients and the community's health, uh, the success in community health, and success for organizations like uh, Piedmont and Wellstar or other delivery systems in Atlanta. That is not aligned today. Uh, It needs to be aligned in the future, and I think we have a great opportunity, and our organization is all about trying to create that alignment. Mm -hmm. I think if you're a person who lives in Marietta or who lives in Noonan, uh, and you think about the uh, way that your delivery system is compensated for your care, you would hope 
that they get paid more for taking better care of you, not for getting for taking more care of you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the problem. And until we correct that cycle, you're going to continue to get more and more and more and more and more expensive. Dan, are there specific types of people or and companies that uh, are best suited? To, to your organization? Uh, yeah, uh, so everyone is best suited for our organization. No, uh, I, I think there's a lot of people that can benefit. As, as we're thinking about how we can be successful in starting a new health insurance organization, a new health plan, we're focused right now on uh, caring for people with Medicare. And so I, I don't know if, uh, if you or the listeners are, uh, are familiar with uh, how a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, which is what we are, works. But essentially, people in this community, everyone who's eligible for Medicare, has an option for 10 weeks every fall to choose a Medicare Advantage plan that will essentially replace the federal government as the uh, person who's responsible for your health coverage in a given year. As a Medicare Advantage plan, we're actually offer, able to offer better benefits. So for instance, to go see your primary care provider, you pay 10 bucks instead of the 20 or 30% that you might pay today in, on traditional Medicare. We're able to offer a better benefit, and uh, we're, we offer that better benefit for no premium at all. So you're already paying Medicare Part A, you're paying Medicare Part B, and instead of having the federal government administer a lien benefit to you, meaning a benefit that has higher copays and deductibles, uh, we can offer a richer benefit, which is a benefit with lower copays, lower deductibles, maximum out-of-pocket, and some protection for your family. That's the place where we're focused right now because, as you might imagine, uh, as people age into the Medicare program, their health needs become more acute. And so that's the place where we can create the most value. But we'll also be caring for individuals in the community and so individuals who are looking for a plan apart from their employer uh, and uh, employers in the community. Increasingly over time, uh, we'll be serving more and more employers and offering an option and a choice for their employees to come choose us. Dan, will, will, will health care reform change the way people shop for health care coverage and access health care in, in Metro Atlanta? I think it already is changing the yeah, way sure people is. shop uh, for health coverage in Metro Atlanta. If, uh, if you're actually able to get through onto the federal website at this point in time, uh, what you would see in terms of the choices that are available to you are very different than the choices that are available to companies today in Metro Atlanta. And they are, uh, we, the word we use in the industry is narrow network. What that means is very few care providers and hospitals in some of these networks. I was looking in Cobb County. One of the plan, uh, which Cobb County is where I live, one of the plans that's available in Cobb County has two primary care providers in Cobb County uh, today on the exchange. That plan would never be offered to a company today. Uh, the plan might have 40 care providers in Cherokee County, but it has a narrower network of people who have agreed to take a lower price. That's what this insurer is banking on in the exchange. Uh, and that might not be the future, but that's something you never would have seen before. It's probably somewhere between the uh, Blue Crosses of the world today who have every physician and every hospital in their network. And, and what our organization does, where we have 2,000 physicians and 10 hospitals with Piedmont and Wellstar. Uh, but that's a different type of choice that people are able to make. And when you make that choice one family at a time, uh, it's a great option to be able to have. I love the, I love the approach Piedmont Wellstar, Wellstar Health Plans is taking because it's, it's, it can be very uh, overwhelming. Uh, the, you know, the health care reform bill was like 2,000 pages and people are signing up for plans and they really don't know what they're buying. 
That's exactly right. The good news is that uh, that the names Piedmont and Wellstar in this community uh, have meaning. Uh, we don't know, need to go out and redefine or define what those words actually mean. When people think of local. Piedmont and Noonan, they think local, they think my doctor, they think a great hospital. Uh, I was uh, talking to someone this morning about the new hospital Wellstar's building in Paulding County, uh, very near the Paulding and Cobb County line. People in that community know Wellstar. They trust Wellstar. We've been caring for for people in that community for a hundred years. This is just part of continuing that commitment to the community. This isn't someone coming in from 5,000 miles away saying, we've got some new thing for you. This is a continuation of what we've been doing in these communities for a long time. Dan, you talked about your uh, segue from wanting to be a physician to what you're doing now, VP of Operations for, for the organization, Piedmont Wellstar Health, Health Plans. Uh, what do you like most about what you do? Uh, I have to tell you, I'm blessed to have the opportunity I have. What what I like most about my role is uh, is how diverse it is. I get to spend time with physicians. Uh, there aren't any other health plans in this community that are working on how we could fund a nurse to supplement the staff in a physician's office. That's phenomenal. That's life-changing for both the staff in that office, but also for the patients. And so I get to do that. Uh, but I'm also equally as passionate about the opportunity to make coverage more affordable and to work with the businesses in our community. I uh, get a chance to work frequently with the Cobb Chamber of Commerce and get to represent that organization on its board of directors and executive committee. And the opportunity to work with the business leaders who are trying to drive change in our community and trying to make their businesses successful, what we are doing is a vital part of making every business in our community successful because right now their biggest cost, you said it uh, earlier, uh, was uh, you almost spend as much on health care you do on your people otherwise. Uh, so the, to the idea that we can actually reduce what people spend on health care and make it more affordable is going to make our businesses more successful. So I really enjoy that as well. It's sort of translational across both care and coverage in the community. We appreciate your uh, everything you're doing, Dan. Uh, can you tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and uh, your organization, Piedmont Well Wellstar Healthcare? Yeah, Health thank Plans? you, Dominic. Uh, the best way to learn more about Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans is to go to our website, which is www.pwplans.org, or to look us up on Facebook or Twitter. On Facebook, we're at Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans, and on Twitter, we're at at pwplans. Thank you, Dan. Great. Thank you so much, Dan. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Thank you to our guest today, Dr. Labrita Cash-Basket with Fundamental Focus, and Dan Steiff with Piedmont Wellstar Health Plans. We appreciate you both for being on the show today, and I personally want to thank you for the amazing work that you're both doing to help make our communities a better place. I'm Nicole Toptosh with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure and cloud solutions and support. As a reminder, to listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in the cloud.